you can get your Bibles out. I've just prepared a few thoughts for today. A communion meeting as we remember the Lord. and We enjoy looking into the Scriptures. I know it's, uh, it's always an easy sell-up here because as we use the Scriptures, everyone's satisfied and everyone, everyone leaves filled. And so uh, everyone leaves happy. But um, it's quite fitting that we sung um, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms because I was going to talk a little bit about fear today and... Uh, and how just, uh, you know, some people even mentioned even this morning about how that uh, this camp just kind of feels like we've, uh, we've got over a hurdle. Uh, whether we have accepted the situation that we're in or, or we're sick of the situation that we're in and we just want to get on with our lives. We just want to get on with our calling and, uh, and to serve the Lord. And uh, we've kind of, uh, I guess we're feeling a bit more uh, filled with courage. And all people said, we're feeling that way. And maybe not, maybe not all, but uh, maybe it's fitting to talk a bit more about fear and things. But, uh, but the Lord, wants to, you know, he understands that the, uh, that the world that we kind of live in, of course, and uh, there's nothing that uh, is out of control to the Lord, that uh, life is uncertain. Life generally is uncertain. Even without COVID, life is uncertain. You don't know where you're going to end up tonight and what today would, would bring. And the Lord says that today is the day of salvation, that today you should do everything that you have to do to, uh, you know, to maintain, to, to take hold of your salvation. But, um, but the world really pushes in hard. And you know, Jane Doyle, she normally gets up there and she'll kind of tell you how many cases there are and where you shouldn't be and, uh, and, and all the issues of life. Uh, but she doesn't kind of say praise the Lord at the end, but God's bigger than all the problems. And so we uh, need to be careful as to uh, we're hearing you know, the voice of the Lord stronger than Jane Doyle's voice in our life. Otherwise, Jane Doyle becomes our leader. And, and if you don't know who Jane Doyle is, Jane Doyle is a, is a news uh, reporter, I think for Channel 7. And uh, that's the only one I can remember at the time. But I'm sure there's others out there. But, but the reality is, is that regardless of what Jane says, we are saved. Regardless of what, how many cases there are, we go to bed saved. And, and regardless of if tragedy hits that day or, or sickness comes into your household, we are saved. And when you are saved, you are safe. And, and regardless if uh, you, know, you close your eyes even to sleep in the Lord that day, we, we sleep saved, ready for the, Lord, you know, for the Lord's return. And so... Uh, uh, you know, um, we shouldn't be easily moved by uh, what's happening in our world and, and how many cases there are in the hot spots and all this, but uh, and they let our hot spots be the places where people are being converted rather than the hot spots of where the, you know, um, there is uh, uh, COVID around. I mean, I think the Lord is right into uh, contact tracing, but it's a different type of contact tracing. Of, uh, he's into uh, contact tracing of the things that are good that are happening, where things are happening within our community and within, within the household. And, uh, and the Lord wants us to be focused on, on those things and not to be gripped with fear by what's being presented uh, to us. And, and of course, and with everything, sometimes we get ourselves so confused and, and often you know, when we go out and we, and we preach the gospel and we, we bump into people that are confused, we always say, go back to the beginning. Go back to Acts chapter 2. Go back to the original. Go back to the blueprint and let us work our way from there. And, 
And for us, in, in, if we find ourselves being confused by our thoughts and the voices in our head are, um, you know, are more about the doom and gloom of this life rather than what's actually happening that is good in our life, we always go back to our original calling, the moment we receive the Holy Spirit. You know, that true moment that we can kind of say that I was convinced and I was without fear and the Lord dealt with everything in my life. So remember, we just, we'll go to Luke chapter 5 and have a read of the calling of Peter. Because even within this calling of Peter, we can really um, relate to everything that have, how the Lord dealt with Peter is in the same way that he, he dealt with us. And in Luke chapter 5, and it says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him, to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of um, Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and he taught the people out of the ship. Now it says, And now when he left speaking, it became a bit more personal. He said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And this is, you know, the, the first lesson that, this is the first time that uh, Peter met the Lord. And, uh, and the Lord knew everything about Peter as he knew everything about us at our calling. There was nothing hidden from the Lord that uh, the Lord addressed the very thing that was troubling Peter. And you might say it's kind of menial. You didn't catch any fish, Peter, and he was troubled about not catching fish. But I guess it's really not about the fish, but it's about how the Lord came and related to us and how the Lord knew that the very thing that was troubling us was the thing that he would deal with us initially. And he would uh, win us over. Um, he would you know, win his love over to us and, uh, and the influence he would win over because he, he touched on the very thing that was close to our heart. And so, uh, and the Lord is really saying to Peter here, will you trust my teaching? Um, you know, will you obey my voice? Um, you know, he's saying to him, will you, will you start to do it my way, Peter? You know, Peter said, I've been doing this all night. And, uh, and, and the Lord might have said, I, I understand you've been doing it all night, but will you do it because I've asked you to do it? And that's a personal part of our, even our walk today is that... Uh, I know you've always done it this way, but if I show you a new thing, will you, will you do that for me? And, uh, and at our calling, of course, that, that was the case, and, and maybe, that's, uh, maybe that could have waned him up to now. We, all are, we are creatures of habit. But if the Lord were to show you a new thing today, will we be malleable enough, humble enough like Peter was here and uh, which he did, he was, you know, he was, he was humble and he, and he answered with faith and he said, Lord, at, you know, at your word, I will do what, uh, what you're asking me to do. And it goes on, it says in verse 6, um, it says here, when he had done, uh, and when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and it says in the net break, there was an immediate reward, immediate recognition. And it's still the same Lord dealing with us now. And, of course, when we called out to the Lord and he filled us with the Spirit, he, he did it because he loved us. He gave us that immediate kind of reward, that, that recognition, that uh, continue on. This is how our relationship will be. And, and it's still the same Lord. Nothing has changed. You know, um, we have aged, but, but God hasn't aged. He hasn't moved. He doesn't live within time. 
Um, and so uh, we, like we heard last night, we must remain as children unto the Lord, ready, you know, asking the Lord, what do you want from me, Lord? Uh, maybe rather than waiting for the Lord to kind of reveal us, to us you know, uh, uh, what we should be doing, maybe we should be proactive in asking the Lord, you know, Lord, what do you want from me in 2022? And it says, and they beckoned unto their partners in verse 7, which were in the other ship, and that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the draught of fishes that had taken. And so also was James and John, the, the sons of Zebedee, which were, the part, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to the land, they forsook all, and they followed him. And uh, we always say about these three Fs about fearing not and you know, uh, trusting, trusting the Lord, number one. And number two, to forsake all, to forsake even your way. To forsake even your way of doing things and wait upon the Lord to reveal unto you a new way. And to follow him, to be malleable, to be ready, uh, to be obedient unto the Lord. And uh, that, is the, you know, that is the 101 of our walk. And we might have got ourselves a little bit confused over the years about that. But the, you know, the, uh, the core you know, function of our walk is to trust the Lord and not to trust ourselves, not to lean on our own understanding and to love his teaching and to follow him. And that's as simple as it needs to be. It doesn't need to be any more complicated um, than that. And maybe if there are new people here today, um, that's, uh, no, it's, a, it's a good line for you. Is to, walking with the Lord is simple. It's not complicated. If it, if it gets complicated, go back to the beginning and and relive, like what Franco was saying, about writing down all the things that the Lord's done for you, how trustworthy he is. And uh, it's, a, it's a funny thing that sometimes the very thing that came, uh, came to encourage uh, us also is the thing that brings us the most fear. And uh, I guess, you know, looking at a whole sea of masks, you know, this, sometimes, you know, the teacher comes and the teacher comes to encourage us, but sometimes it puts fear in us. And this should be a source of encouragement, this mask here, but, uh, but sometimes it, it, you know, the growing of what the mask means uh, creates fear in us. Uh, and so uh, you know, the mask represents that we're living in the last days. There's not long to go, and it's a source of encouragement. But, um, but uh, depending on where we are and, and how we're perceiving things and if life has become complicated, it becomes... Uh, a source of fear in us, but, but the Lord didn't mean it to be that way. And the Lord uh, hasn't left us. The Lord is going to uh, see us through the age of the mask and uh, into, a, into a new chapter. Let's go to Mark chapter 4. That's good. The time is actually counting up. I thought it was counting down. I looked up there and thought seven minutes, and I thought that's short, but it's, it's going up, which is great. I'll wait for, that's good. I was a bit worried about that. Mark chapter 4. So these are, the, these are the lessons that the Lord gives. I've kind of like put them down as three lessons on a ship. So the first lesson was the calling of the lesson on the ship, that trust in this, this lesson that I've given you, that uh, follow, you know, uh, trust in me, forsake yourself, and, uh, and love my teaching, you know, and be obedient to my word. The next one is Mark chapter 4, verse 35, and it says, In the same day, 
When the evening was, evening was come, in the evening he said unto them, let us pass over to the other side. He had an intention. And of course, this wouldn't have been an unusual thing for them to have done, uh, to pass over to the other side in a ship. Have I got the right spot? I can hear a few bit of rustling. Everyone's all right? Okay. And um, in verse 36, And when they had uh, sent uh, away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. He must have been sleeping. I think, I don't know what that kind of means. And there, was, uh, and there were also with him other little ships. And it says, And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And so the challenge had come. These are the lessons that happen on a ship. And of course, we know that the sea represents a storm or tribulation in our life. And, um, and so this was actually meant to be a lesson for the disciples. In verse 38, And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they awake him, and they said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? It's an unusual circumstance that the one that came to die for them, the Lamb of God, the one that would take away the sins of the world, was asleep on a pillow in the ship. It doesn't quite, seem, doesn't quite read right. That the one that came to die for them would be asleep in a, in a, in a, in a troubling uh, time for them. And it says, a great, in, a, in verse 37, it says, A great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. So you kind of think, you know, could anybody sleep through a circumstance like that? And I think maybe the Lord is a, was asleep for a reason, the Lord being that master teacher. And sometimes, uh, you know, uh, a teacher will say nothing, and that's probably the best thing to kind of to say at, at a time when we know the way that we should, what we should do. We, we, uh, we don't need to, to, you know, to bring it to a prayer and fast as to should I... You know, should I do this? Should I, should I attend my midweek meeting? Let's pray and fast about it. You know, there's some things we don't need to kind of, we don't need the Lord awake and, and on the job for us, but the Lord is always on the job. The Lord is never, never asleep. But sometimes, uh, you know, our, our natural mind is an embarrassment to our spiritual mind. You know, the things that it kind of says, Lord, don't you care for us that uh, you know, you're asleep, that we're going to perish, that we're going to die. And, uh, to, and um, he goes on and says, and, and in verse 39, and he arose, he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And so the Lord, the Lord spoke, and he turned a great storm into a great calm. And such is the power of God. And, uh, and of course, the Lord, you know, uh, the Lord, as he said in the beginning, he said, Let's go to the other side. You can't really see the Son of Man coming. He said that we're going to make it to the other side, but there's a lesson to be learned in the storm. And, you, and I'm kind of thinking about it. You can't, it's hard to kind of believe that the Son of God could die incidentally because he happened to be asleep in a storm to a world that he created, to a purpose of his will. And uh, so, the, so the Lord, I guess the lesson is that the Lord is uh, never asleep in our life. But sometimes there are some things as part of the lesson that we must, uh, we've got all the information, we've got all the tools, we've just got to uh, f- work it out ourselves. And when we kind of work out, the, you know, from what we've been taught by the Lord, then that lesson stays with us forever. We don't need, uh, we don't need to be uh, taught about some simple steps in our walk in the Lord. There are some fundamentals that... Uh, you know, that we're, we're capable of understanding. But in verse 40, I think the Lord is saying here, and he said unto them, why are you so fearful? 
how is it that you have no faith? And so, so sometimes, you know, uh, we have these situations where it gives us incredible fear, but the Lord is actually trying to teach us how our reaction should be. What should our reaction be to a great storm that comes into our life? And so uh, sometimes the Lord gives us a bit of space on that. To kind of say, from what I have taught you and how faithful I've been to you, from the testimonies that you've heard and from the promises that you have read, uh, what should your reaction be to the great storm that comes upon you, you know, into your life? Um, you know, we, we always hear this great kind of uh, saying within our, within our fellowship is that uh, the Lord knows. I'm not too sure what's going to happen tomorrow and I'm not too sure where the sickness is leading and I don't know uh, who's going to provide but the Lord knows. And that is, a, that is a statement of faith. That's a good beginning. And uh, the older have, has, has taught the younger, and hopefully as the younger become older, they teach the younger. That that's, the, that's the line that we have within our fellowship, and it's a statement of faith that just says, I'm not too sure where all this is heading, but the Lord knows. And, that's a, and there's, no, there's no fear in that, in that statement. Um, and in verse 41, it says, And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? And all of a sudden, this fear of the storm has moved into the fear of God. Now they're fearing the man who spoke to the storm and calmed the storm. And that's the right fear. That's the correct fear to have, to have more respect for the Lord than respecting the storm, to speak more about the Lord than to, to talk about the storm. To, uh, to talk about the, uh, the gospel hotspots rather than the COVID hotspots is, uh, is a better conversation to have. And it's a conversation that will deal with your fear and, uh, and bring you up to your full potential, what the Lord uh, has, has kind of called you to. Um, and to show, uh, and it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And, and that's what the Lord wants us to say, that it is wise to talk about my will. And, uh, and my will is always positive. It is always hopeful. There is always a plan and there's always um, an expected end at the end of it. Let's go to Matthew chapter 14 to another little lesson on the sea. So the Lord dealt with the storm. He didn't kind of you know, give everyone a hosing down. And that, you know, he, he, he deals patiently with us. But he does prod us to kind of say that uh, temper your reaction. You are not an orphan. You are my son and daughter. You know, uh, there's never a moment that I'm not thinking about you and, and preparing a way for you. But here's another lesson. I mean, we'll just go through it relatively quickly. Um, it says in verse 22, Matthew 14, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship. I think, these, I think his disciples are saying, oh, not back in the ship again, type of thing. Another lesson in the ship, and of course, the same thing happens to them, uh, to go before him unto the other side. And while he sent the multitudes away, he went, uh, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into the mountain apart to pray, and when the evening was come, he was there alone, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed through the waves, for the wind was contrary. Here we go again. And in the fourth watch of the night, uh, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying it is a spirit, and they cried out with fear. Almost like the same reaction comes out again. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I be not afraid. And, and Peter answered and said unto him, Lord, 
Um, if thou, uh, if it be thou, bid me come unto, to, unto thee on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and, be, and beginning to sink, he cried saying, Lord, save me. And it says here, and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith. I don't know if it's just a play on words, but the last one was no faith. And this one was now is a little bit of uh, recognition, little faith. Wherefore didst thou doubt? And uh, I have no doubt if you've ever studied the character of Peter that he was probably the first one that says, Lord, don't you care that we die? I reckon he would have been probably up the front of that face, you know, sea of faces, you know, if you, if you understood uh, his, his character, that he was the one that kind of said those those types of things. He was the kind of the spokesman of the group. And but this time, this time now, Peter is actually saying that I'm learning something, Lord. Lord, if you will allow me, let me come out of the ship and let me walk towards you. And the Lord kind of says, yeah, this is how you face your fears, Peter. This is, this is better. This is you, uh, you know, stepping out. This is you coming to me. This is you trusting me. This is, you know, this is you forsaking that... Uh, Humans aren't that you know, buoyant. You can't walk on water. But Lord, uh, if you will allow me, uh, teach me to come to you. And, and for, for a certain time, he succeeded. And I, so I don't think the Lord was, you know, we all take it a different way depending on how we're kind of feeling, but I don't think the Lord was completely uh, annoyed at Peter. But he, for, for the first time, Peter took some steps that were the impossible and so, and the Lord is maybe right by example, just saying that uh, you know you're living in an uncertain time, but the best thing you can do is look towards me, and I will teach you, and I will, and I will teach you to kind of surf over this this impossible of what you're dealing with in your life. And so, um, I think while while it lasted, I think the Lord was pleased with him, but of course, uh, being in the flesh, we get caught up by the storm and. Uh, and he began to sink. But what was the nicest thing about it, as, uh, as we read in According to Faith, uh, we sung in According to Faith, that, uh, as I, you know, um, that as I fall, that you will catch me as I fall, type of thing. And that's the encouragement that we hear in the Scriptures, is that uh, the Lord said, go, have a, have a go. And if it's feeling like it's getting a, a, you know, bigger than you, then I will catch you. But get out the boat and walk, and, and come to me, and to, uh, to learn of me. Um, and then it says in verse 13, when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased, and then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, of a truth, thou art the Son of God. And every good experience of faith confirms that thought, that of a truth, thou art the Son of God. And every time we step out in faith. Um, I've just written here that uh, with the Lord, you know, there is there, you know, that we are, we are saved as we stand here today. And if the Lord were to come back at the end of this talk, uh, we would go up to meet him in the air. And so is there any darkness that can kind of distinguish his light in, in, this, in our life? Or is there any tragedy that he cannot comfort us with, you know, through, his, through the Holy Ghost? Or is there, is there any event in our life that will change our future? And, and the answer is no. Nothing can overcome God or overpower the Lord. And, and the Lord lives within us. And so we have... Nothing to fear. But we must go through the lessons on the sh in the ship that we must you know, learn by experience. You know, in Romans 5, we'll quickly turn there. I think I'm apparently finished. 
I think we've just gone a little bit longer. Romans 5. This is, these are the stepping stones to building our faith. It says here, therefore, verse 1, being justified by faith, being justified like Abraham, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith unto, his, unto this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. We don't mind this, the lessons in the ship. That's what makes us. That's what shapes us. That's what teaches us. We're not running away from those lessons. Um, not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation works patience, and patience experience and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. And so we must go through these lessons on the ship to build our experience. But our experience is being built to, to build our faith and not to build our fear. And so maybe the um, Lord is encouraging us that don't run from the lesson. Stick within it. Walk to me and I'll teach you uh, the way through. Um, we'll finish in Acts 16. Just a nice, a good story about where the Lord wants us to be on the job This is Paul and Silas working together. In this chapter, there's quite a bit happened. Lydia has been converted, and then they they run into uh, some you know some bad people trying to do the, them trying to do the right thing, but uh, you know uh, they run into some tough people in there from verse 16 to verse 18. But we'll pick it up in verse 19, and it says, "And when her masters saw that the hope of their gains were gone, it says they caught Paul and Silas, and, and they drew them into the, the marketplace." unto the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast into the, uh, in the stocks. When we talk about isolation and going into, you know, uh, into isolation, that's as good as it kind of gets. And at midnight, this is the reaction. So you kind of think that's a pretty fearful thing to uh, be a part of. Um, just taken a pretty good beating and now they've got you kind of strapped up you know, it's not uh, as if they've let you go. They've got you strapped up for a round two, possibly. And, uh, and for most of us, we'd fear that, you know. But, but look at the reaction of these men as they built their experience with the Lord. And it says, In that midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. You know, uh, would you have thought that that could have happened? You know, um, through singing choruses. And it says, And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing 
that the prisoners had, had been fled. But Paul cried out with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. And then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. A bit like how, a bit like how Peter fell down before the Lord. And he says, and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? There was already a reputation of, of these men, you know, and uh, he didn't say, why did you do this? Or what happened? He said, what must I do to be saved? What do I need to do? And, and they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved in thy house. And, and they spake unto them the word of the Lord, and to all that were in his house. And he took them in the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptised, he and his straightway his household. And when they had brought them into his house, uh, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. And we talk about good hotspots, great testimonies within troubled times. Here are these men stuck you know, in, in the back of the prison, Absolutely no chance of these men escaping their fate. But their reaction was, was one of faith. And an impossible situation turned into a testimony that we would bring up on stage and we would share two or three times at a camp like this. Now, I'm not too sure if the jailer was the same man that beat him, but I don't think he would have been too far from the beating. And what a story that makes, what a hot spot that is, that the same man that beat the life out of me washed my stripes and was filled with the Holy Ghost and, and was called to the same calling as me. That is a testimony that makes you forget about this blue thing that we're wearing and, 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 the, and the obstacles of our life. And uh, we would be doing some serious contact tracing on that family and their contacts if this was a part of our camp testimony of this year. And so, well... I'll leave it there and say amen and hand back over to you.